exciting. Nobody ever cares enough to ask. <laughs> Where to send the very best. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Get Close with Mike Marbeck Podcast. Uh, I don't get to do these as often as I would like, um, but I would like to do them uh, more. I'm glad that we to do this one. Because uh, I've got some friends of mine from Chicago in town for Philly Improv Theater's Duo Fest, and that's Jack and the Wolf. Uh, Jack, if you could just say your full name. Jack Thurston Farrell. Wolf, if you could just say your full name. Wolfgang Stein. There's an Eric in there too somewhere, right? Wolfgang Eric Stein. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted like the full full name. Uh, so, so that's your middle name. Eric's your middle name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, Jack, if you could just uh, tell me how you got into comedy in the first place. Yeah. Just some general inspirations, uh, what led you to improv, things like that. Um. Well, I'm from I'm from Milwaukee, and I um, I was doing sketch shows in like little wine in little wine bars. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if they have wine bars anywhere, <laughs> but I guess they have a couple in Milwaukee on the east side of Milwaukee. And um, someone told me about Second City and um, that you could learn how to do this kind of stuff. So I started driving down there about three or four. I worked, I worked at a place called Gill's Cafe. And I was um, working at ABC. Shout out to Gill's. Gill's <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Which is now closed down oh. because of that plug. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, yeah, so I was going down there. Uh, commuting with two other guys and uh, yeah then eventually moved down there to Chicago uh, what was me. happening in Milwaukee at the time as far as improv goes N- nothing that I know of no uh, maybe comedy sports but I didn't know about it yeah yeah what about now is there anything happening I think comedy sports um, Matt Kemple does some stuff um, but that's I don't know there might be two theaters there okay yeah. Lots, lots has grown. Yeah, Milwaukee's Milwaukee's coming up. It's um, there's a Milwaukee Improv Festival that we do that's fantastic. Yeah, we we like a lot. Okay. Yeah, really well put together. So the scene's growing there for sure. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot of fun around there. Yeah. Uh, what were some maybe general inspira- comedy inspirations for you? Well, just like everybody who does sketch, uh, Mr. Show. Yeah. Mr. Show, I like. I watched. You know, over and over again, you know, um, and I liked, um, I like, uh, I like the absurd, absurd, um, let's see who else, uh, Mitch Hedberg, mm-hmm. um, I, I think I have a lot of, um, like a weird, like a artistic influence, because my mother used to take me to a lot of art when I was young, when I was a, she's an artist, so she would take me to a lot of museums and strange um, collections of art so that was a huge influence too mm-hmm. yeah so that's kind of I think that's what I've always wanted to do is kind of mix comedy with like really bizarre art <laughs> I mean it, you know yeah bizarre bizarre <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the Getting Close podcast <laughs> check me out at bizarre.com <laughs> alright well bye what about you? What got hey. you into this? Hey, hey, the wolf coming at you. Uh, Mike Cop podcast here. Um, I, I promised that I would uh, do a shout out to uh, Alyssa Jackson, um, who's listening today in her car <coughs> live. Hey, baby. Live stream? Um, Hello, Alyssa. I'll see you in our 301 class. <laughs> That's so weird. This is like just for her yeah. <laughs> this podcast. No. Yeah. Um, Hey, um, yeah, I, I... Well, I think it's a 201 class. Whatever. Yes, it's we'll 201. It. Yes, it's she's class. graduated from 101. Yes. Um, That's how numbers work. We had a great time at the festival. We, we, were, we, we had a great dance to uh, Blurred Lines. Oh, yeah? About the time when my lines were blurred. So, yeah. it was fun. Cool. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up in the Milwaukee area, too. Actually, we're... We were just like a town next to each other, Jack and I. And uh, Jack actually knew a, a lot of my brother's friends from like basketball and stuff. 
But um, neither here nor there. You'll probably ask that question later. Um, well, screwed that up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as comedy goes, um, I remember uh, being a very sheltered child. and <laughs> But, you know, always loving comedy. I, I didn't have a ton of access to actual, like, movies or anything, like, that actually was made, but we made a lot of our own like little movies as kids, and we would just like make the dumbest like things, like Crocodile Dundee and the Search for the Holy Grail, or you know, like mashups, <laughs> or like Dustbusters, which was like Ghostbusters, but they were like all cleaning maids. Um, yeah, so we 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 just sort of just tried to do things like that, and. Uh, and uh, I remember my parents took me to a, a Monty Python's Flying Circus, uh, like a live stage show, okay. when I was a kid. Cool. And, and I don't remember much about it other than I didn't really understand it. Because <laughs> I think it's pretty, like, sophisticated humor. Yeah. And and I when, when, later on, I, I discovered Monty Python and just, of course, fell in love with it and, yeah. and how absurd it was and they have a reunion coming up if I'm not mistaken really yeah I think it's gonna be in London oh that's exciting stage show wow cool yeah they seem to be doing a lot with their musicals and stuff which mm-hmm. is exciting that they're still active yeah. I I wanted to say that I The Reckoning was a big influence for me too like um, I remember a specific moment <clears throat> when I saw Jed Evelith smoking a cigarette an imaginary cigarette <clears throat> are, you, and, are you smoking a cigarette? Yeah, right now I am. <laughs> uh, and I started smoking an imaginary cigarette. And I was like, "That's what I want to do." Uh, like, literally, like that's that's what. I, how did she make it look so real? Yeah, yeah, it's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was impressed. Her her cigarette object. Her was, cigarette object was hands down. Yeah, the, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I I learned in Madison. I lived in Madison, and I learned from. Um, Philly resident uh, Jody Cohen, who uh, who taught me everything I know about improv, and uh, and then I eventually we, we eventually formed a group um, called Spin Cycle that we performed like once a month, <laughs> yeah, and uh, we did short form. It was all short form improv, um, but based out of more of a Spolin type exercises, mm-hmm. you know, so. It was something different from comedy sports that was going on there. And and then I somehow ended up on a cabin on a lake, like a hermit. And I, I thought to myself, what am I doing? I'm like just in this secluded countryside and I need to like go to Chicago. So I did. Um, you were living... In a cabin by a lake. Yes, it, it was my grandma's cabin, and uh, is this like after uh, X murdering? X murdering a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, please don't that, reveal that. that. Um, yeah. What? So it was your grandma's cabin. But yeah. What? Uh, like, what was happening in your life that that's what you were doing? Because I, it's it's very different from say what you're doing right now. I took another job um, out in the country, actually, in at like my old summer camp, doing their communications, and I got laid off from that job, and uh, I ended up just like living at that cottage <laughs> and trying to figure out what to do with my life, and uh, I knew I could I could either get really comfortable being a hermit mm. and like yelling at people and like staying inside all the time uh growing a really long beard kind of like jack can you grow a long beard no it's just a string <laughs> and it comes from one string. right out of the middle of my chin it's like mannequin <laughs> and uh and i i i thought well i could either do this life or i could you know do something with myself so that's when I finally uh, made the move to Chicago and got a job down there. And so now you just play a lot of hermits. Now I only play old men. <laughs> yeah. Mostly hermits. Living in cabins. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so we're in Chicago, the both of you. Uh, you, what, Where did you first start taking classes? Second City. I.O. And I.O. Yeah. And Wolf started at I.O. Um, yeah, well, my, I mean, to back up my story, I went down there and took a job writing freelance for Fox before Fox was Fox. So Fox was like ABC. Fox for, Network? <clears throat> right. Not like, okay. So I was like, I was a, I wrote from eight in the, uh, I wrote from twelve until eight in the morning. I worked in the news, and uh, this was before Fox was like kind of, you know, a little more sl- less slanted. It was like very similar to like ABC, yeah. ABC, Fox, CBS. All those were kind of the same tone right. as far as news goes. Were you the one to shift their perspective? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. That way, you I'm were the Rupert, voice. I'm Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I thought you were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was, I was doing that, and I was taking classes at Second City and I.O. at the same time um, during the day. So I would, like, nap. Okay. Yeah. That was I, a stressful time for you. Really stressful time, because I was living in a one-bedroom with another guy. Ugh. And you I, were not, I would sleep. I you was were not in love with this man. Not in love. <laughs> not even in, like... <laughs> uh, but he would... I would sleep on his, like, pull-out... I would sleep on a pull-out bed, and then when he would go to work, because we worked opposites... Oh, my God. I would sleep in his bed. That's like a comedy. It's It was like a comedy. Uh, he used to watch Cubs games in the appropriate Homer Away uniforms, <laughs> and <laughs> this is the middle of the summer in Chicago, and he would just sweat. What, what, were you living with uh, Ronnie Woo Woo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, I love it. Ronnie Woo Woo. If you have a Google... Then Google Ronnie Woo Woo. <laughs> but but <laughs> go- Google it on Yahoo. Yeah. Oh. Ask Jeeves about Ronnie Woo Woo. <laughs> Ask.com. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So stressful time uh, at home and outside. Yeah. Well, I, I could walk to work. I was like, uh, like probably, I don't know, 40 blocks from downtown. So I could walk for, take me like, you know, 20 minutes to walk to work, and I was right by Second City. So it was a perfect location, just uh, tight living quarters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's uh Okay. That's that. And you started at uh, IO? Yeah, I, I had a job right when I got to Chicago, which was really good. I was working for um, like a group that did all the like marketing for the Magnificent Mile. So it was really like a swanky job. So I would come to like class in my like tie and you know like nice clothes, and everyone yeah. would be like, "Ooh," yeah. <laughs> you know, because improvisers are slobs. Yeah. And, uh, where's your flannel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where's your, where's uh, your Chuck tie? Taylors and your untucked T-shirt? Um, but uh, yeah, I that was a great experience. It was such a fun, fun time in terms of like getting to know the city. Met a lot of wonderful people, and uh, just so much excitement to learn something new. Um, and and it was, I looked, I look back on my like computer calendar, you know, like you can page back, and it re- it has all the the past events on it, and my calendar was just packed with stuff like go see this show go see this show go see susan messing you know go go, all this stuff it was such a such a prolific time for my brain and you know i i mean looking back i don't know if like you can sustain that amount of of just like intensity but uh i mean you probably were going through that too and uh you know it, it was so exciting but uh of course, all things have to crash down and end. Yeah, I remember doing doing shows in like in Lincoln Park, like in the park. Remember, I think yeah. we, we used to do yeah. those. We used to do them on Montrose Harbor, yeah. and the cops would chase us away. <laughs> yeah. We used to do them. Um, we used to do them at truck stops on like the road, just like do like pop up improv shows. Yeah, yeah, we did that one in the park too, right in uh, Old Town. Remember that? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, really weird. But the club group team did 
Did did we do we did the parks right? Uh, park? That was more Big Baby. Big Baby, okay. Yeah, Big uh, Baby, not to be confused with the Big Baby team here in Philadelphia. Sure. Um, but the Big Baby team that I was on with Jack and Anthony Oberbeck and Joe Phillips, Phillips. and Joe Wolf Phillips. Is that it? No, I mean Teresa Maltz and yeah, Maltz, yeah, yeah. Well, that, I mean, yeah, Big Baby, yeah, was that one. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we would do shows uh, in Lincoln Park. We would practice practice yeah. there. I yeah. remember um, we would have practice at Second City sometimes from like 10.30 p.m. until 12.30 in the morning and then just go out to, to eat or drink and I'd wake up at 5 a.m. the next day and go to work yeah. and then, uh, rinse and repeat. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was intense. It was an intense schedule, yeah. but the greatest. Yeah, so fun. Uh, I want to hear about uh, your training. Uh, so you started at Second City, uh, yeah. and then you went through I.O. Who were some of the, the instructors that you had? Uh, at Second City, um, well, you know, I, I, had, uh, I had Michael Gilman. Um, no, I can't. Uh, you know, Bina Martin. I had... Jack Bronis. Jack Bronis. Mm-hmm. Fantastic dude. Um yeah, and I.O., I mean, Susan was a huge influence at I.O., I mean, just like everyone says. Yeah. She was the one who, who like, I was like, my God, she kind of blew my mind, the yeah. way she approached everything. Not I don't just know. your God, but your fairy godmother. Fairy godmother, yeah, didn't, exactly. Well, didn't I she put at, you up at her place? <clears throat> no, I also, you know, in her class, that's when I went, that's when my, I tear in my heart, yeah. in my aorta, mm. and then... Uh, you know, went into a coma in her class. So that was a big part. And then I had to go to Milwaukee and come back. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I owe... Well, I don't Jet, wanna... <laughs> Jet was, Jet was the assistant teacher. Oh, oh. I don't want to jump through that. Because that's, that's a pretty big... That's a pretty big thing. I like how you casually well, mention it. Like, yeah, well, like, I don't... I, I didn't want to... I want to well, either like, go back to it or, you know, we can't... Yeah, I don't well, want to... Uh, tangent it. Uh, well, I had to carry my order. And uh, <laughs> went back to Milwaukee, bada bing, bada boom, podcast. Yeah. This is like I had uh, the flu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. you were in class. It was Susan Messing's IO class, yeah. Improv 201. Uh, were you on stage? I was on stage, yeah. Mid scene? Uh, we were doing an, an onion peel. You were, we were you doing were a roommate who didn't pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were doing the onion peel, and I was dancing on a grave. I was break dancing on a grave. Oh, how ironic! So isn't that fun? My That's and as soon as the deafening laughter stopped, no, yeah. there's no laughter. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt like a tin, like a ting or a ping or whatever in my uh, in my leg, and I thought it was just like a pinched nerve. Yeah, and Jet was like shadowing Susan at the time. Yeah. So, we went out in the lobby, and Jet like would swing my leg to try to wake it up, back and forth, and and then Sharna, the owner of the theater, came out and said we should just call an ambulance, which was a good call. Yeah, I'd say so. So it ended up being uh, a tear in my aorta, and I, then I went into a medically induced coma. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And how long was that? The coma was three months. Yeah. And then um, I moved back to Milwaukee to like learn how to do everything again. Talk, walk. Yeah. Talk, walk. My dad said, one of my dad's... Improvise cigarettes. Improvise cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Be funny again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I literally had to learn how to tie, like, t- tie my shoes again. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. What, what did your dad say? My dad said, uh, it's a great line, he was like, so I'm pretty lucky not many dads get to see their, their sons walk again. No, walk twice. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> Learn how to walk twice. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. Wow. Yeah, so then I came back down to Chicago and and I went to advertising school. Well, and you went right back into I.O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think I was going to want to perform anymore after that because I originally just wanted to write. Yeah. And uh, that's where you and I met. That's where we met. Yeah. And uh, you took Susan Messing's class uh, again. Yep. <laughs> you were like, how can we recreate these circumstances? <laughs> Best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best. Yeah. Did you ever uh, dance on a grave again? No, but that's a hilarious bit that I'm saving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 45 uh, to 60 years from now, yeah. I'll be doing that bit. 
Uh, yeah, so that's where we met. I remember we met right outside the, the door of class, just waiting to get in. I think there was another class that was in there, because they kind of, things are like right up against right. each other. Yeah. Um, just like I fit sometimes. Sometimes scheduling, you just can't avoid that. But, yeah. Uh, sometimes you get an instructor who just goes over. Right. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so you, you get back into 201 with, with Susan, um, and then where, where do you go from there? And then I just, uh, I finished the, the program, and then we did club group team right after with, there was about 10 people in club group team. By the end, yeah. By the end, yeah. Well, by the middle. <laughs> by the end. Yeah, the I think level three is when we start doing club yeah. group team, which was a bunch of people, you know, people that we were going through classes with, and, um, yeah, I, you know. That was that was a that was a really formative time. Club routine was really great practice for me because I was kind of introduced to performers, you know, people that were, you know, I didn't know the acting world yeah. coming up through high school. Like I didn't do plays or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that was really great. Yeah. To learn that world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was three hundred one. Club routine formed, and I mean, when you look back on the people that were in that group, yeah. Uh, we're kind of spread across the country now, yeah. but we're all like doing great things. Yeah, uh, right. whether it's out in Denver or Texas yeah. uh, or here in Philly, like myself. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, everybody's and anybody that's still in Chicago is still doing great. You guys are doing this. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, the the duo, not the podcast. Um, uh, Adel's out there uh, gotten his, getting his hands in a lot of different things yeah um, yeah everybody's doing pretty it was a really well like <laughs> very talented group of guys, individuals you guys mentioned yesterday AD Bryant AD Bryant who's yeah. on SNL now yeah. yeah she wasn't but she was in classes with us she yeah. didn't she wasn't on club group team no. oh oh sorry she, uh, okay she was in classes yeah, with right, you right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> for the record <clears throat> sorry <Yeah>. Lauren Michaels <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Who else did you you have going through IO? Let's see here. Um, let's see. I had well, I had Charna to begin with, and then you know Susan is was such a uh, a force. Yeah. I also had Pat O'Brien, yeah. which he was one of my you know comedy mentors. Yeah, Mike so, O'Brien. Mike yeah, O'Brien. No, yeah, Mike O'Brien. Yeah, he was. I had him also uh, on SNL. Yeah. He was a, a really good teacher, and um, I, I like to watch him a lot. He did a lot of solo stuff, yeah. and I liked to, he was on The Reckoning, and I really like to watch those guys. And he, I thought they brought like a lot of absurdity to improv, yeah. and, and uh, just they are they are the art bizarre that I was talking about earlier. His art bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> for for me, Pat uh, Mike O'Brien, Michael Patrick O'Brien, uh, Pat P O B, whatever. Uh, was someone that I remember in one class. Uh, were we in the same kind of I think, class? I think, I think so. we did, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were doing the form courtesy sleeve. Uh-huh. Uh, and I remember even watching anybody do any kind of or- that organic style of improv uh, where things are morphing and changing. Um, I hated it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, it, it was a combined moment of hearing Susan in your head, if you hate it, do it more. If you hate it, do yeah, it more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Pat, you know, getting getting on me to kind of commit to the commit to the bit, uh, and I did. And in one class, I went from hating organic improv to it being probably still my mo- most uh, preferred yeah. style of improv. Wow. Yeah, I remember him like when you got a suggestion, he would be like, "Take that suggestion and just attack it, attack it, attack the suggestion." Which uh, you know, he had a lot of a lot of energy and. Uh, I think I learned equally as much just watching him on stage as I did in class, you know. But then I had Noah for five. Yeah. Which mm. Noah's like some kind of savant. Like, <laughs> yeah. He can just watch you and like know what everything about you. He's, he's yeah. great. Uh, uh, just an amazing uh, teacher. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's someone that he doesn't really travel that I know of. Yeah. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not like a big festival guy. Right. He's uh, he's. For the, at least from my understanding, he's just in Chicago, but he is, he, he was kind of like the, the IO heir to Dell. Yeah. To Dell Close. Totally, yeah. Because it used to be Dell Close that would run that class at uh, level five. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I guess Noah just 
took over and has been doing it since, and he does it several several a week. Yeah, for years. Yeah, I mean, but he can pick up all your improv tendencies yeah. within yep. like a blink. Like mm-hmm. within five minutes, he knows exactly yep. how you play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's so dry. So he's dry. so funny. So funny. <laughs> I just remember him saying things, and, and I think I do this a lot of times in classes too, where I say things, and it, because of the way that it comes out, I might. Some people who don't know me might think that I'm making fun of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, like he'll say things like, "Well, that wasn't the worst thing I've seen." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're pretty dry yourself. Uh, <clears throat> what about you? Uh, going through IO, who are some of the instructors you've had? Oh my gosh, I had um, Holly Laurent. Oh, I had yeah. uh, Greg Hess. I had um, Craig Euler, of course. Yeah. Um, I had Noah, of course. Uh, I, uh, I had Colleen Murray. She was fantastic. Who was uh, one of your more influential instructors? Oh. Um, Jody, I guess, would be one of them. Well, Jody started me out. You yeah. know, I, I, don't, I don't think that I ever thought I had the brain for improv because it's so referential and it's you have to sort of be like know everything you know <laughs> I think that's intimidating when you're starting out and uh, I think uh, I think w- getting getting that base of like emotional as well as you know character work I think then you start to realize oh there's there's other ways to play this you know so um, that's when I realized I could start to do that and be successful with it. Um, I think Euler was was a definite like inspiration because of the like you said you mentioned the the organic mm-hmm. thing, which he really taught how to sort of create the herald organically and 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 sort of with this group mind. And I think that that was always like a hope for me for for the, going through that program. But of course, you know, you're dealing with 12 other people that all have their own idea of what might happen. And I think the Herald is a great idea. It's a great theory, but uh, it's, 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 it's like almost impossible to attain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I guess that's why people keep doing it because it's like, it's hard and it's, and it's a challenge, but, uh. Yeah, I I uh, I went through Second City as well, and and Michael Gelman just brought his old school st- style to it, and he was really tough on me uh, to the point where like I was kind of pissed off, and uh, <laughs> and uh, he, you know, I think I came to realize later that he he had kind of shaped me and really woke me up to to some. Uh, better improv and better ways to react you know and I you you forget that when you're starting out you don't react you just are sort of like all in your head and respond sort of verbally with a joke you know but yeah it's um and then I went to IO and I've been uh no sorry then I went to annoyance and uh I had I finally had Susan Messing and I finally had uh, all these people that I had had heard so much about and uh, finally got to uh, get to Mick Napier, who I think ultimately now has influenced me the most. Just I've been working at his theater for about the last three years, and uh, I really connect with his uh, ideas in terms of how to direct and just like overall just thoughts about improv like yeah. he's like there's no call time <laughs> just come to the show <laughs> don't warm up <laughs> because warming up is dumb <laughs> you're going to either be connected or not connected uh he you know he, he he says like things like uh don't waste people's time which i really appreciate um, don't talk over each other. I always respected that. And 
It's a tough one. I don't know if I agree with that. I think it's talk over people a lot of the times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, uh, he he's been a he's been a terrific uh, support for me right now. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Did you you didn't do the annoying stuff? Right? Mm-hmm. I did a, a couple classes, but no, I didn't go through the program. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I did the musical improv program in Second City, though. That was a big influence on me because it kind of showed you that if you commit to this characters, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. It doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth as long as you're emotionally committed to it. Yeah. And that was kind of like a... Just practicing that yeah. was, a, was a really good exercise for me. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's, I, I, was in, I was definitely... You know, kind of you talk about fear, you know, following your fear or however you want to phrase that... Um, that concept, you know, musical improv, I don't know anything about musicals and I didn't know anything about musicals and I learned a ton yeah. and all these people were really talented singers. Um, but if you commit, it doesn't matter, you know, it's just as long as you commit. So that but was, you're, you're a trained opera singer. I am a trained opera singer. Can, yeah. Can we hear some of that vibrato? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, great job, everybody. Yeah, yeah. it's so great. Uh, yeah, you definitely have to, especially in music or improv in general, commit 100% to the yeah. to the bit. Um, like one of my favorite quotes that I've seen recently from, from Del Close uh, was that the uh, worst idea with 100% support will go a hell of a lot further than the best idea with no support. That's good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um and it's, it's true. I mean, you can do a show uh, or you can do a bit, you can do a character, um, but if your team is not on board with the idea or not connected to it or not getting what you're doing uh, or just not caring that they're not getting it and just making it look good, it's going to fall flat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's a great idea or a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that's the thing with the support, I guess, is that there is no bad idea. Right. Everybody goes down. Right, I like. I, I heard this when I, I, I when I teach. I use that the Navajo blanket. You ever heard that? No. So you know the Navajo. There's Navajo blankets with the diamond in the middle of them. So supposedly, if someone makes a diamond cut, like not no, a, like a diamond pattern, yeah, pattern, like a like a real like diamond, a, like not a real diamond, <laughs> like a thirteen carat, like a, a blanket that's made of diamonds. But no. you can only propose to Navajo. Right. right. Rihanna, Rihanna wears those all the time. Yeah. I was just reading that. Okay. Diamond rings. Just blankets made of, of jewels. Okay. All right. So Good. Okay. So, anyway. Uh, yeah. Navajo blankets. So, if someone messes up the pattern in the stitching, mm-hmm. they just keep repeating that pattern until it becomes... They, they keep repeating that error until yeah. it becomes a pattern within the blanket yeah. hmm. which is I think it's a great way to think about it yeah that's mm-hmm. that's improv yeah right. uh, there are no mistakes yeah. that's why I mean it's fun when in a scene when you someone does something and you kind of call it out yeah and then you have that moment of uh, you get that laugh uh, and then uh, you move on right. um, but if you take that error and weave it throughout the show yeah uh, you'll get a laugh every single time mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, that's generally what I try to, to get across when I'm yeah. when I'm teaching as well. Yeah, um, I think. But the Navajo blanket analogy. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's just a paraphrase. It's a bunch of diamond rings. It's a diamond. It's a diamond <laughs> blanket. <laughs> Don't cut yourself. It's a diamond encrusted blanket. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you're you're gonna get engaged at least a hundred times <gasps> nice. to Rihanna. To Rihanna. Mm, right. Good. I'm, I'm glad we summed uh, that up. I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna put that's that in the pick curriculum. Yep, put it in. Getting the, married to, to Rihanna. Put it in the manual. That's a good idea. Put to it in. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any thoughts on what we were just uh, discussing as far as like support in improv? Um, go ahead. Support. I'm supporting you right now. Support. Well, you uh, guys are you guys are a duo. How, how how would you say uh, being in a duo has maybe change the way that you improv or uh, made the, you feel that it made you a better improviser? How does it differ from, say, like being on club group team, which was the 10-person team? For me, it was it was a big step up for my improv because I was on a group, I was on a Herald team at I.O., and I, 
I was, I was, I had trouble joining the chaos of it, you know, and, and when you just distill it down to two people, you just are forced to be in every scene, you know, like where at IO, I couldn't like step off that back line and get in there. Yeah. And it's also such like a great, you know, with two, it's the give and take is, it's pretty obvious if it's not happening, you can stop and be like, but with a group of 10, it's not always, you know, I felt like every time I'm doing shows with like 10 people that there's always talking over each other. Like when mm. I first started, mm. and like people elbowing people off the back line like to get on their couple bits in. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm kind of the same way where I'm like, well, if we're going to do this, let's try to do it like with give and take. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I do like being forced into every scene and I like that just like, you know, jump off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Jack and I found that we have a special kind of support to mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And our friend uh, Cunnan, do you know Cunnan? Yeah, you, you know, know Cunnan. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, he would do Oink right. with yeah. Hofi. That's, yeah. exactly. that's his claim to fame, but now yeah. he's he's like us. That's his claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like one of the best improvisers in the city, so he's underrated. Great. He's so good. Los Madres del Football. Yes, <laughs> yes. That was basically a one-man show. Um, but <laughs> he, no, he, he was... He's great, and he but he described us as, uh, uh, like Jack, Jack sets the, these absurd premises up, and then I react emotionally, mm-hmm. and how that is that's our support. Like yeah. Jack really challenges me with some really strange thoughts, mm-hmm. and then I try to make them real. Right, absurdity. What absurdity? Realized absurdity. absurdity? Yeah, yeah. Justified absurdity. I think is what where our style is essentially. Okay. Yeah. Or at least right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, you had a show on Saturday night. And you had a show Sunday night at Duo Fest. Uh, which one do you feel you enjoyed more? Is it or does, is that kind of split? One person enjoyed one show more. One person enjoyed the other show more. Uh, I think we both agree that we kind of settled in for the second show last night we both kind of settled into the, to the space yeah on Sunday settled in yeah to the to everything and felt more comfortable and had just a generally better paced show mm-hmm. and just we closed out the fest so yeah. it was like a really fun night like uh-huh. everyone all the performers that were still left we all went out afterwards and it was just a, mm-hmm. a great time yeah but yeah on stage I think it just felt more organic I don't know what it was it's just sometimes it just you know mm-hmm. as you know yeah. Who knows why? We felt more like ourselves. <laughs> well, I think you know? part of it could be the fact that it is a second show, and a lot of festivals right. you get one show, right? One which is so awesome to have two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you have the first show, which is Saturday nights. Uh, that's your festival show, mm-hmm. and now you have spent the whole weekend here. You've got to know a lot of people, so it's <laughs> it's less of a of a visiting sort of. Uh, 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 atmosphere, I guess. Oh, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Most so people you... do their show and then leave. Yeah. But yeah, this way, kind of, we got to like experience the whole city and the whole festival, and it was great. Yeah, so you're, you're not just visiting, you're, you were kind of like guest performers at that, for, at least for that second show. That's yeah, true, for uh, sure. Rather than just a festival act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I think is one of the pretty cool things about the way they did Duo Fest this year. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, well, let's talk about shows in, in general. Uh, if a show, if you come off stage and you don't like a show, what do you, what would you say the cause tends to be? Wolfie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if Is I the cause? <laughs> yeah, it's usually Wolfie. He always blames <laughs> me. Always. <laughs> um, if, well, you know, that's a, it's pretty broad. I'm not yeah. sure... I mean, it's different things at different times. It's, I think it's usually well. Let's uh, it's let's usually it. connection, really. Probably, yeah. yes, yeah. I'd let's say pin it down a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you have a show that you share as one of your least favorite shows? <laughs> I don't think we. I don't think we. We don't. We don't remember those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be very good at that with this job. <laughs> you ha- yeah, it's, it's yeah. very selective memory. Yeah. Um, but but I can you know I can tell you that like the ones where we're like confused by it afterwards we're like what happened you know like yeah. where we talk about it for hours afterwards yeah. like because just we're just trying to figure it out 
And I think ultimately what it usually comes down to is just like not being on the same page, connecting, listening. It, it's so easy. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's the hard, hard art form. So if you have a show that you uh, didn't like, uh, you said you, you, t- you can talk about it for a long time afterwards? Yeah, we over talk about yeah. it, you know? Mm, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten to the point, uh, maybe it's because I don't perform as much. Uh, you think it might be the opposite way, uh, where if I do a show and I am not particularly happy with it, I don't care. <laughs> you know? That's good. That's, you know? that's, uh, that's, that's just like, uh, that's, that's improv. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you're, you're going to really enjoy everything that you've, you've done uh, as a piece when you, when you get off stage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're, and I feel like you've left something uh, that you could have done more, mm-hmm. but can't yeah. do shit about it. Yeah, uh, but I, you've performed a lot too. Like you know, I think people starting out are care all the time. Oh, you know, yeah, like, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I guess the, the general advice would be is to try not to put so much stock in what you feel might be a yeah. not so great show yes um, right because I, you're going to do so many shows that's right mm-hmm. yeah but I do I really like to like recount and say I was thinking about doing this at this time and you know mm-hmm. I, I think those are fun or what, what was your idea as you came out to that in that scene what were you thinking versus what was, I mean it's because I think it's just kind of fun to yeah. mm-hmm. see if you're connected I don't know mm-hmm. you know yeah we also talk about the things we liked you know, right too so that I think we try to stick stick to the things we like pretty yeah. much. Right. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't think beyond that night about it anymore. I wouldn't right. say. No, I, wouldn't, you know? I don't either. Yeah, I um, I don't like go home and be like, well, maybe 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 Jack and I are done. Yeah, you know, I, maybe yeah. maybe this is it. I do remember. <laughs> I do remember starting out though, thinking about it for a week, like uh, of course that, that whole yeah. week. Yeah. 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 But there, there's got to be like a whole like psychology behind it all, sure. like just like what what you go through when you're starting out. Yeah. I don't like. Uh, well, do you two do any coaching right now? Coaching of teams? I I coach a, an ensemble at Second City. And okay, an adult ensemble. Yeah. Uh, how do you handle if they have a show? Uh, what, what what's your typical post notes session like? I try to focus on what I liked about it. As much as I can, and maybe say one thing that w- we could have done differently yeah. that might have worked. That's basically my approach. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about you? I used to coach a group of Russians uh, that didn't speak uh, a lot of English, and so all my my notes would be in mime in Russian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know any Russian. The only thing I know is Previrt. What does that mean? Great show? Roommate. means pervert. No. Uh, it means, uh, hello, it means, it's a greeting. It means, you don't pay rent. <laughs> they did threaten my life a couple of times, but um, I think it was all in jest. Um, but okay. they actually got invited to go to Moscow to teach improv, which is exciting. That was that was something that happened recently. But, yeah. um, I, you know, I... I think when you're when you're working with a group like that, it you know they you can still even if they're improvising in Russian, you you can still understand when they're negating yeah. the scene. Oh. You know, <laughs> you you can tell when they're like stalling on something. So I, make a choice, make come on, go go there. And you know they, they, how did you know what we were saying? You know, and like because I could tell. So. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyways, yeah. and a completely different style of comedy too, which you you, have, you realize everyone has different. Uh, you can't fit everybody into yeah. the second city right. box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, when I started out, I was uh, my. We would do a show uh, when I would coach Asteroid. They, they were one of the first teams that I coached, uh, and our post notes would be about as long, if not longer. Than the show itself. Um, these days, it's like five minutes tops, hmm. uh, where I pick like one main thing, maybe two main things that are that I felt overall the team could have done a better job with, 
Uh, because for me, it's that's where that's where practice is. Um, that's the time to get into more deep uh, scene-based discussions and everything. So we really just do two to three things uh, that people could have worked on, and then everybody goes around the circle and says something that they enjoyed that somebody else did in the show. I think that's I do that for every class I do too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and that's a really great way to end the class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're always challenging ourselves to like. To be positive yep. mm-hmm. with our notes, for yeah, sure. For sure. Uh, my typical class, uh, and this is uh, in, it's almost built into the FIT curriculum now, mm-hmm. is that you start our class uh, sharing one thing that was fun or interesting through the week, uh, and that there's uh, actually now I kind of change it so that there's warm ups, warm up uh, exercises, then you do shares. Uh, then you do a montage of scenes in, with the using the inspiration from the from the shares. But every class that I do, every co- every team that I coach, uh, any show that I direct, all ends with that circle of everybody going around saying something they saw somebody else do that they enjoyed. Yeah, me too. I that's, yeah, I think that's a big thing to do for sure. Improv yeah. is supposed to be positive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially if you, I remember going through classes and. <laughs> the feeling like you like a show sometimes like you had bad class oh I had bad improv class <laughs> yeah and you're like looking around at people did you have a bad class <laughs> yeah. oh, you had a great class talking about a three hour class for six hours right? yes exactly uh, yeah which is stupid it's yeah stupid, but because, it is stupid yeah yeah I mean that's for me that's the gym uh, that's mm-hmm. where you work out that's uh, exactly if you, if you leave an improv class feeling like kind of weird about it that's you should. Good. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's yes. good. That's I was, gross. I, I just started teaching at the Annoyance, and uh, on the first day, uh, you know, I we we walked through some uh, object exercises, and I had them, like, hold a, a drink in their hand, or, and then, you know, everybody had their, like, a different drink, and we talked about that, and then I had everybody hold, like, a frozen yogurt in their hand <laughs> and, like, talk about what flavor they had and stuff, and then I said at the end, my wish for you is that after this class, you go out and you have a drink or you have a froyo, and you don't talk about this class. You just talk about what do you do in your life. Talk about think, get to know each other in other ways because um, that's more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It becomes really like obsessed obsessive but I think that's I mean when I started out that's good that's where I mm-hmm. you know it's good to have and I still have that in me like that that like crazy obsession kind of passion and that's just that's just a part of it yeah. I think yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah uh, what about uh, some main concepts of, of uh, like you, you brought up referential like an improv <laughs> uh it, it can be very referential. First of all, what, do you, what exactly would you would you say you mean by that? Uh, and how does your particular philosophy of improv align or not align with that idea? Referential, I mean, anything from pop culture to current events to... Uh, historical. Historical, sure. Okay. Yeah. And I... And I... There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's just... It's just a method that I I don't trust myself with. So I prefer to go more physical. I like to go more um, emotional with things. I probably come out of more of an acting background than you, mm-hmm. and uh, you know did some plays in college and stuff. So you know I think that that's where I connect to improv is through the acting part. It, it's, yeah. it's like another method to get. To your acting, yeah, and I think I connect like through the story, through the the kind of the writing of this. I mean, yeah, the story of the of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, you're 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 more cerebral that way. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you don't care for the reference. No, I don't care for the reference either. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if it happens, it happens. But I think I think the reason why we don't we try to stay away from it is because we don't want to lose each other. You know, we want in the scenes. Like we don't want a reference to, to like fall flat, yeah. you know, and then disconnect in the scene, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And you don't know what everyone knows. We don't. We both know that we, we both like absurd stuff. So we just. I think we kind of just stick stick it there, you know. Yeah. Nothing's mm-hmm. right. Nothing's wrong. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have people in class that will, uh, usually like a one on one class. 
where someone says something, they, they bring up a reference to, let's say, Game of Thrones, um, and the other person might just stop the scene and be like, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what that means. Uh, and for me, my, my note is usually, then maybe say that in the scene. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> or react in an emotional way sure. to the fact that you don't know yeah. what that means. Like, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know what that... I don't even know who you are anymore. Like, you know, well, yeah. And my problem with it, Marbach, is when somebody does make that reference and then you yes and it completely wrong mm -hmm. and then they're pissed <laughs> yeah. because that's like not right. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> this is improv. It's all right. Yeah. You know? So I think that's where the referential stuff really gets to me. Yeah. So my, my, my note, if I was in a, in a class based on this conversation here we're having, if anybody's listening is that if you don't get the reference, either react to the reference, the fact that you don't know it in some sort of emotional way, call the fact out that you don't know what that means. Uh, if you're on the other end of that and someone does yes and that, then just go with it. You better be uh, willing to go yeah, to the be fantasy. Willing to go with it because uh, mm -hmm. it's going to be just like the, the, the diamond blanket analogy. Uh, <laughs> that was such a beautiful Super useful and, diamond blanket Oh my god <laughs> The Navajo blanket uh, So someone mm. makes a reference to Game of Thrones And then you yes and it uh, With some reference That has nothing at all really to do with that That's going to get a laugh And then each time you Bring that back it's going to get a laugh um, Rather than Getting the one laugh of calling the scene partner out Of not knowing what Game of Thrones is yeah. yeah. Don't make the scene at the ex at the expense of your partner. Is yeah. what I'm what I'm getting. Yeah. At. Last night there was. Remember you were standing in that chair and you, I couldn't understand what you said. And I was like, "What? You, what was that? What'd you say?" Yeah. I still can't understand what you just said. Yep. Because I was mumbling. You. Know, well, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I think it's that's great. You gotta mm -hmm. be comfortable doing that. Yeah. Uh, if you don't hear something, say what? <laughs> <laughs> say what? Say what? Say what? Yeah, you, you were talking about uh, reacting emotionally too, and we had a scene. We were talking about this last night a little bit. Um, for me, like I'm always scared that I'm going to get too angry on stage, and the audience is going to be oh, like, yeah, yeah. Ah, I don't want to." See this is this. like a serious concern of Jack's. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So I've I've been trying to, if I do feel anger, to get angry at myself in the scene. But you've also found a place where you can yell. Uh, yeah, that sounds funny. True. That's true. Yeah. That's that's kind of like backstage. Backstage. <laughs> After the show. Yeah. Right. Into a pillow. <laughs> it, 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 it really oh speaks. Yeah. It speaks. Whole blanket. Yeah. Oh. Cut my lip. <laughs> um, yeah. What else were we saying? Uh, just about a. Uh, well, let's let's go into some. You you teach at annoyance now. Yes. You both coach. Uh, what are some some of the main concepts you try to instill in people that you teach? Or wow. Well, you know, I just want people to have fun. You know, I think that's that's especially when people are starting out. You want them to succeed at it and not to worry about it too much. Um, and then I do love to challenge people. So when I know that they're ready, I love to give individual notes. You know. Mm -hmm. I think we both agree with that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that you, you when you're when you're starting out, that you definitely just want to you want people to succeed. So you want to give them as many tools as you can to help them succeed in a scene. That being, if you have to give them environment or some sort of character lay on, or you know, a line of dialogue, whatever it is. I think that at the beginning there, you want those to be successful. You can't take those training wheels off right away and like watch it fail you know that's yeah. Uh, so yeah you always want to make it help help, help the success of the scene mm -hmm. yeah okay. uh where you, you guys opened up for improv nerd right? yeah yeah mm -hmm. uh how did that show go that was for Dan Bacchanal. Bacchanal, yeah. And he was great. Uh, he had a wonderful interview. And, yeah, he was awesome. Um, he was, was really emotionally open. And... Yeah, generous with his information. And mm. um, yeah, that was that was a wonderful uh, open uh, set. Yeah, yeah. We just did one scene, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah one, one long scene. Uh, if you're doing a show, do you talk about that beforehand? Uh, we're going to do one scene, or is it just you kind of feel it out and 
And think, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, we just we just uh, felt that one out, and yeah, sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah, sometimes you you know you have ten or fifteen minutes, and that's usually yeah. about all you can do, yeah. unless you're really like playing at a rapid speed, and we prefer kind of a little slower play. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So uh, just to get into that for a second. Um, you had ten or fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. uh, and you felt you could really only do one scene. I mean, you could do fifteen scenes if you want, <laughs> but you know, you set up all this information at the top, and these character you develop these characters, and then you want to have fun with those characters, and sometimes you just get lost in the fun of those the, all that information. I yeah. think I do. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of improv that uh, other teams, if they had ten or fifteen minutes, we would see ten, fifteen. One minute scenes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe several scenes, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. I think people are less likely to do longer scenes. Yeah, because well, I think that I don't, I don't know if this is. I think we we're talking about this, but um, I don't know if that has to do with kind of the internet and like the like you know cuts per minute attention spans. Yeah, attention spans, and I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, but I think we both really like to. You know, play those characters and like make those characters really deep, like the details about the characters real deep, and just kind of bizarre or interesting versus like just the stock character dad or you know. I think the audience gets something different from it too because they're they're like invested. They get invested in these characters in the story. Mm -hmm. So when those callbacks come, it's just like huge laughs. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah, I remember that Mm -hmm. from earlier. (laughs) You know, and it's like that. It's like it's. It's more rewarding in a way. Yeah. I think. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think makes... Because uh, th- there are some groups in Philly that do uh, mono scenes, that do one scene. Uh, what do you think helps keep it going? Because it's also... I mean, it's difficult to hold a, the attention in a three-minute scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let alone a 15, 20, 25-minute, 40-minute yeah. mono scene. Yeah. Uh, so if you're if it's just two people, what right. are some things that you think help with that? Well, I think just off the top of my head, as I've been saying, is, is the bizarre and also the expert bizarre. <laughs> nice callback. <laughs> no, and the exploration of the of the character and of the environment, mm-hmm. uh, trying to find new things that are existing in this world that, mm-hmm. and how they affect you yeah. as a character. But also just not to be afraid of the pauses. Mm-hmm. Especially for a long scene, yeah. yeah. And sometimes those pauses are can tell a lot. Yeah, say a lot more than uh, yeah, hundred words. Oh yes, that's so true. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think I think that that's I. I am. That's one of my goals is to constantly be exploring, like physically exploring the environment, and still connecting. Those are I think that's a big, especially those mono scenes because you are constantly. Yep. trying to discover I think the audience well you know improv is you're kind of watching the art in progress you're watching the work in progress mm. so you also have to be always exploring and discovering because the audience is discovering with you They're, they want to see you be surprised yeah. so you have to literally try your best to surprise yourself which is like a huge it's like psychology the mind analyzing the mind it doesn't make any sense it's like a mirror on a mirror Diamond blanket. Mirror, 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 mirror. Yeah. How does the, if at all, how does the the whole idea of the game of the scene play into what you guys do? Yeah. I don't. We don't think really. We really think about game too much. I think we think about if there's a part that we think is really funny, like a little bit. We try to milk that bit for a little bit, it's just to, um, and then move on. Mm-hmm. But I don't know as far as game. I don't think about game really. It might just be like a natural thing, but I don't think about it consciously. I don't anymore. Yeah, but yeah, we do have this this style to our piece where we're 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 in like a pretty real scene, and then something happens, and it just escalates to this sort of absurd absurdity. Like on Friday or Saturday, Saturday when when I was I was like playing this farmer who was leaving, and I was like. Don't talk about it. Don't talk. And we just heightened it. And you were like, you were doing something too. You were like, no, don't, 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 don't talk about it. No, no. And just like escalated to this melodramatic moment. Just in, yeah. so like absurd. It had absurdity. no place in the scene. Yeah, 
absurdity born out of the real. Like that that might be the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so as far as the kind of UCB style finding the game, hiking, exploring, not something that really plays into what you. Uh, not. I wouldn't say it really plays into a lot of Chicago stuff because I, I guess UCB does not have a training center in Chicago, right? No, Mm-mm, not yet. Um, I remember when I was there. I remember when I was there. <laughs> Uh, there was talk of them moving in to town. Yeah, um, I think I think they not. play with that idea. I'm sure they were all over the improv festival this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, was it in Chicago where they did a show that they it was like supposed to be a special show, uh, and then they never actually did a show. That was that was pretty recently. Yeah, I don't remember the details, but yeah, um, it was like twenty dollars a ticket. Yeah, that was um, I think that was uh, the Comedy Fest, the Sketch Fest. I mean, that was Sketch, was Fest. Sketch Fest, or maybe it was Comedy Just CIF. Yeah, it was one of them. But yeah, they they had a show. Are you familiar with this? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a show advertised, uh, performers only. I think it was, um, and it was twenty dollars a piece for a ticket, uh, and then they never actually did a show. They just kind of talked. They did like crowd work for. Uh, for the for the show, oh, which yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there was a lot of people that really enjoyed it, but mm. I also know that there was a lot of people very annoyed at that. Yeah, they didn't know what they're getting. Yeah, mm. well, I think it's awesome. You know, Todd Berry. That Todd Berry is doing a, a crowd work only. He did a crowd work only special. <laughs> so cool! I think that's such a cool idea. Todd Berry is a genius. Yeah, people were buying that. Well, he was just. What's, was, what's funny is I just had a thought like they're paying and they. They don't know what he's gonna do. <laughs> it's unscripted. <laughs> what idiot would pay for that? That was a serious thought that just went through my head. Yeah. Like, why would anybody pay? Why would anybody pay to see? They don't know what he's gonna do. What chumps? <laughs> do you ever have like a little notepad that says I do? I do improv. <laughs> but yeah, that's improv. That is improv. That is it. That is what I do. That is the the whole training school that I operate on um, but it's fun um, any other main thoughts because uh, I think we're going to wrap up because you guys are going to have to get ready to go I'm just curious for, for in Philly what what style do you teach do you teach the Chicago method do you teach a little bit of UCB like I'm curious uh, like, I yeah, think it, it's uh, because uh, it's close to New York there is an increasing influence of um kind of gameplay we have a game elective coming up with a um, former asteroid member Luke Field um, who we just placed on a Harold uh, on a Lloyd team up in New York um, is that at so UCB? Him at UCB yeah, yeah. Um, he's going to be coming back down and doing a, a game elective uh, so it's not part of the core curriculum for the most part there is there is hints of it um, but if I had to boil down the fit curriculum into anything, I would say it is closer to a hybrid IO annoyance kind of thing, because that's where I come from. Yeah. Um, and uh, then there's like, you know, a, a hint of pattern, hints of game in there. And maybe even, there might even, that might even change once I go through the UCB classes myself, which mm-hmm. I'll be doing, mm-hmm. um, because I have a great interest in initiating from premise right now. <clears throat> not just in a game, not, not the idea of finding the game and heightening and exploring, but having a premise opening uh, and then having scenes based on that because we do study hall, which has lectures, uh, and then scenes based on those lectures. And the idea is to be as closely related to those as possible, not just use them for general That's what you mean by premise? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. Where you kind of come in and you set up exactly what the scene I see. can be. Yeah. Um, but it's coming exact. It's based on what was just seen, as far as the whether it's an Armando uh, or lecture or anything like that. So that's like a, that's the flamethrower, right? That's all you're setting it all up, right? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but not. I, I don't like that for normal improv scenes. For a particular right. format, yeah. like study hall, I think that uh, is great. Yeah. And I really enjoy that. Um, and that's what I'm going for with study hall is, is more of a, of a flamethrower sort of uh, putting it out there uh, being as obvious as you can um, but there's still a scene that has to take place 
you still have to kind of grow that fire or put that fire out in some in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for general improv scenes, like when I improvise myself, especially if I don't have any kind of opening or anything like that, it's just improv, improv. Yeah, but you do like to find it with, like, a, for example, a two-person scene. I personally like to watch people find it together versus yeah. one person setting it all yep. up and then the other person playing yep. within that. Yeah, it's a it's a completely different style. Um, yeah. That for me, like I said, is is mm-hmm. suited to a particular style of show. I don't necessarily like it right now in a normal improv show, right? Where mm-hmm. someone just comes out and boom, here's right. everything. Here's right. everything. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do find game fascinating. I think it's yeah super relevant, and mm-hmm. you know, it seems to be really popular. But I mean, I, yeah, the kids it's, seem to like it. The kids seem to like it. Yeah, they, they do. But yeah. I think it's. I mean, it's just different. It's just a different way to get at mm-hmm. the exact same thing that we all. I mean, there's exactly. different approaches. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You went through annoyance completely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because uh, they're they're in Brooklyn now too. Yep. Just yeah, exciting. Has classes up in New York now, mm-hmm. uh, and Nick's been there a couple times, right? Yeah. I don't I know if he was there teaching. Oh, he did a workshop I think he's, recently. Yes, I think he's 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 building into a level five there. Yeah. Um, which is exciting, and uh, I think they're going to start doing performances too. Once that they... he would be teaching, um, I don't know for a fact there, but uh, <laughs> not ready to confirm just yet. I don't know, uh, but yeah, he's he's so busy, so who knows yeah. what, what he'll do. Uh, I've been trying to get him down to Philly for quite a while. Yeah, he has no interest. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure is uh, that's the deal. Um, but again, I mean, with the construction, the opening of the new space, it has been uh, nutty. It's opening in New York and yes. flying back and forth. I get sure. it. Yes. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it's, it's only a two-hour train ride up. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah. Any other thoughts on uh, improv in general? No, I don't think so. No, I, yeah, I don't have anything else. Um, no. You guys are headed to Trenton. I think we solved improv. We did. We, <laughs> yeah. we solved yeah. it. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. figured it out. Yeah. We're flying out of Trenton, and uh, probably should get going so we don't miss our flight. Yeah, let's not miss the flight. Oh my yeah. gosh, don't miss that flight. <laughs> uh, all right, thank you both for uh, Jack and the Wolf. Thank you both. Thank for, you, Mr. Uh, Marbach. Thank you, Mike Marbach. Close. Yeah. Also, thank you. Oh, Philly. oh Philly. yeah. It was so fun. Yeah, it's great. What a wonderful city. Just awesome. had a great time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Sure. Bye, bye.